Hello and welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer. This is Charles. And he's Sam. Thursday Night Appetizer Thursday. is... What? Oh, Sunday's Gospel Applied to Mission, Sun Oh, yeah. Sunday's Gospel Applied to Mission. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Holy Family Parish or the Diocese of Hamilton. But they probably should. Why is the disclaimer now part of the... <laughs> well, I don't know. You know what's something we're really missing? I'm going to tell you something we're really missing. Yeah. We need top 10 lists. Everybody has top 10 lists. It's a, it's a standard feature of... You, what do you mean? Like we end with a top 10, like a rundown? A top 10 of something. Oh, okay. Our top 10 favorite saints or top 10 worst ice cream flavors. I don't know. Whatever. Top 10 most annoying Catholics. Too easy. Yeah. No, too hard. Hard to narrow it down to 10. Oh, I see. Wow. I'm not sure which of us is more apparently cynical, but actually secretly sentimental. <laughs> I hate those characters, and you can tell watching a show or movie or whatever. My water bottle is uh, messing with the green screen. Excellent. Invisible water. Look. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> the ghost of water. I've got a bottle-shaped hole. In my heart. Um, I hate those characters in shows that start off cynical, but you know that by the end of the show they're going to be like heart of gold. They really annoy me. It just appears brown. Yeah. It's actually green, or kind of a Greenish yellow. Did you just smell your hand? No, I didn't. I rubbed my nose. I've got an itchy nose, the tip of it. You're like a rabbit. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think we need top 10 list because I think that's. that's well, it. I just, I think, I don't want the pressure of always coming up with top 10 something. We could just work it out over top the next. 10 how about over the next few weeks? Create a little continuity. Face. Top 10 of something. We'll just do like 10, 9, 8 today. No. All right. I don't think we should do that. Okay. Not in the summer anyway. Maybe we'll start in September. I thought it would be a fun summer thing to do. Top 10 of things on your phone. What? What are you looking at your phone? I want to um, just keep talking. Just keep talking. Well, that's easy for me to say. <laughs> Stop talking. No. Um, no. It's like almost the end of July. This coming Sunday is July 30th, 2023. Yes. Well, well I, and, I'm really professional. Don't worry. I'm and what super a July it's been so far. So much has happened to us, which we can't talk about right now. Stop. The world probably ended for one thing. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, guys, Christ came back in glory. Or, or Russia, Russia, Russia dro finally dropped a nuke. Russia. Yeah, I'm worried about Russia. Eh? Yeah, I'm not worried about Russia. Anyway. Okay. Um, Aliens finally invaded. I'm an alien. <laughs> I'm not from here. <laughs> oh. What? That's true. I'm not from here. I'm an alien. I know, but... Well, I'm not either then, technically. Where were you born? Here. Well, no, forget it. You're from here. Okay. Um, oh, boy. We're off to a great start. So you, you've just rejected my great idea out of hand. The top ten list. Yeah, I just... We can't pull it out of our... No, no. But... But what? <laughs> Um, can we just do 1098 this prepare week? prepare for it. 1098 of what? You have people give us a top 10 of what? Of anything. Books in and the I Bible. Did, books in the Bible. I books need in the time Bible. to think about it. No, you don't. You just make stuff up all so, the time. So There's we're going to do 1098, like, the, like our 10th favorite book of the Bible. Yes. 1098. And then our 8th. Yes. But none, none of those can be our 6th. Our 7th or 6th. Of course they can't. Oh my God. I can't do it. I can't even remember all the books of the Bible. I have a bubble right here. Oh, we, how about we do the top three? Okay, that, that I think we can handle. And then we can go to on to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then end with number ten. 
I still, I, don't, I think I'd probably give you a top three and then later I'd be like, oh, but what about Romans? No, but or... you can't change your mind. That, that'd be the one thing. The one <sighs> stipulation is the top 10, we have to give people good information. We cannot change your mind. We have to be consistent. This is terrible. This could, this could artificially define my favorite book of the Bible for forever. This, this podcast is forever. Oh, we can come up with another list later on. Top 10 books of the Bible, part two. No, revised and improved. <laughs> revised and improved. In fact, I we believe... We changed our mind. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Bible itself translated into English has different translations. Some of them are revised. Some of them are probably worse or better than early translations. Okay, we got to get started. Come on, top three books of the Bible. Okay. Your top three and my top three. I know, my oh. top is easy, really easy. Really easy. Okay, just wait, just wait. Let me think about this for a second. My, my, not my top. Okay. okay, why don't you give your number, your third favorite book of the Bible? Third favorite book of the Bible. I'll go with Acts of the Apostles, my third favorite book of the Bible. It's about... You would pick something written by Luke, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I'm not going to pick only things written by Luke. Don't you worry about that. Okay, my third favorite book of the Bible... Which is about the mission of the church in the, after the day of Pentecost. Yeah, okay, okay. These people yeah. don't know. He's always talking about that in case you didn't know. Um... I'm going to say Ephesians. Because? I just like it. All right. There's a lot of good stuff in there. <laughs> Not being separated from Jesus. and What? Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. I can't tell those letters by Paul. I can't, actually quote, I can't actually quote anything. Well, I can. From the book Chapter of Ephesians. Five. Yeah, I was thinking of five, but I can't remember the, the verse in the... Oh. Again, 1 Corinthians is pretty good. 1 Corinthians? Better than Ephesians? That's the stuff about love... It's a stuff with the. I think the... my number four would be Revelation. You're jumping ahead. Stop. Okay. What's number two? Um, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. What's your number two? Revelation. Oh, okay. All right. Because um, it like sums up the whole Bible and reveals God's plan for. I think my number two would be John. Mm, number two, eh? Yeah. Isn't your number one, John? Yeah. Okay. Um, Your number one is? I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Romans. Exodus. Mm -hmm. Intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Why Exodus? What do you love about Exodus? Exodus is my favorite book of the Bible. Yeah. John is my favorite book of the Bible. Exodus is number two. John is number one. Okay. Welcome aboard to Team John. But the book of Exodus is great. What do you love about the book of Exodus? It's the story of freedom. Hmm. The story of the freedom of God's people from slavery. And therefore, the story of all of our slavery, our freedom from slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The slavery of sin. Yeah. The Passover of God. You know, um, I, I listen to a lot of top 10 things to do with the NBA, NBA basketball and stuff like that. I like this way of thinking about it. You can't tell the story of this basketball season without talking about this player. It's a sign that they're one of the most important players. So really, literally, the story of the Bible cannot be told without the book of Exodus. Yep. It's so fundamental throughout the rest of the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament. So uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm dying Exodus. Exodus. Excuse me. Um, yep. Yeah. I love John. So you can't, you can't really talk about... <coughs> oh, excuse me. So many things. But what were we going to say? Salvation. Right. Or the Last Supper. Or the cross without mm -hmm. without Exodus. Yep, um, that is true for a lot of the books of the Bible. But Exodus in particular. But Exodus in particular is so central to mm -hmm. the saving act of Jesus on the cross, mm -hmm. the crucifix, which is you can't see, but we can see. I've one. got one here. Gee, he's got one. 
um, you you can't get to that without the Passover and without right. without the Book of Exodus. That's why I like it. In fact, it's also just a really dramatic book, mm -hmm. and um, we studied it during Exodus ninety. Oh right, which is a ninety day uh, men's men's uh, spiritual exercise, mm -hmm. and we do a little bit of it every day. And so I just got to know it really well, and I learned to appreciate it a little more than I had in the past. Also, like the Book of Sirach, I like the Book of Psalms. Okay, whoa, 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 uh, Sam, Galatians. Nope, we don't care about that now. The question is, why is John the most important book in the Bible, which we'll answer briefly now? I will say, because he's the beloved disciple, and Jesus told him things that no one else knew. Um, and that, that gospel that he wrote reflects some of the most, um, the deepest things that Jesus wanted to share with people, as he himself, that is the beloved disciple John, tells us. It's, it's the most intimate of the gospels, let's say. Mm -hmm. The most intimate storytelling about the gospel. I, th I find anyway, I agree with you. It's like, it's, it seems more personal than the others. When I was quite young, I know, well, when I was a young man, 22 and 20, 21 and 22, I did a silent eight day retreat. I can eight days, eight days of literal science. I actually kept to it because I wanted to, except for like 15 minutes a day, I would talk with the spiritual director. And both times I just prayed through the gospel of John. Mm. So I like, have a real attachment to it personally through that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was a little frivolous, but it got kind of serious because we're talking about the Bible again. So you got John, Exodus, and Ephesians. And I said John, Revelation, and Acts. So those are our top three for now. Stay tuned. We might even get to four, five, six next week. And they won't make any difference. Or make I'll any probably sense. change all of mine. All right. Background here. So this week, Jesus is going to continue to talk about parables of the kingdom. And um, in many ways, Matthew's gospel, from which we're reading, is about the coming of the kingdom, which is true of all the gospels, but Matthew really emphasizes the coming of the kingdom. Specifically, he calls it the kingdom of heaven. One of the little, uh, little sidebar thing is that Matthew, like many devout Jewish people, avoided reference to God, even in a way that was indirect. So he says, kingdom of heaven, instead of, instead of saying kingdom of God. And one of the really important questions is this, well, what is this kingdom that we're talking about? Um, many Christians, many Catholics would think of the kingdom of God as, or the kingdom of heaven, as referring to another place to which we will go after we die if we're um, rewarded by God for our, our faithful life here on earth or we, we've received a gift of salvation, we get to go to another place called heaven. Um, and there's a lot we could talk about in regard to what heaven is. Um, but today's um, passage talks about what it costs. And, and the answer is, it costs everything. So Jesus is going to compare heaven to two different things. And he basically says, you've got to give up everything for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Um, and I was thinking about that because there's such a thing as sticker shock. And then there's such a thing as like, wait, how could that even be possible? How is it possible to give everything for the sake of the kingdom? And uh, I kind of leave the backgrounder there. You look, what about all my stuff? Exactly. Exactly. That's, I'm, I'm wondering the same thing. <laughs> I think we better pray because uh, I hope the Holy Spirit will help us to uh, yeah. understand this a bit better. Okay. And then share that with others. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, we praise you and we thank you. God, our Father, thank you for all of your blessings. We thank you especially for this summer weather and for all of the ways you show your love to us, the ways you reveal yourself 
through the scriptures and you teach us using these words um, of your son Jesus. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit and allow us to have understanding and wisdom as we discuss. And for those who are listening or watching, may you open their hearts as well to receive you in the gospel today. May it lead us into mission to reaching out to those around us with your gospel, that with the message that the kingdom of heaven is indeed at hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13, 44 to 46. Jesus said to his disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant selling, searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, okay, I have two two different thoughts. Mm -hmm. One is related to what you said at the beginning in your background, which is what the kingdom of heaven refers to. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, this has been a like a grow something that's grown on me uh, since becoming a Christian. I too used to think that they were talking about heaven, so as sort of like a future state or place where the elect go when they die. The elect being those that die in a, in faith and a state of grace, knowing Jesus, loving Jesus, being acknowledged by Jesus, they go to a place called heaven. Everybody knows that, mm -hmm. okay? Um, however, I don't think that's what he means anymore. And it's, it's just been like a... Yeah, your understanding of heaven is. My understanding changed. of this phrase has changed. Not right. my understanding of heaven okay. so much. There is a place called heaven yes. that I hope to go someday. Yeah. Jesus opened the gates of heaven when he died for us. We were unable to go mm -hmm. unless uh, Jesus had died and opened the gates of heaven. But when Jesus says this, the kingdom of heaven is, um, is and then what it's like, I think he's referring to something that's more tangible and more like temporal. Or like um, in another place, he says the kingdom of heaven is among us mm -hmm. or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Right. It's something that can exist here and now, mm -hmm. and not just something that happens to us in the future. And it's something we need to work at now. So it's not like we can just go, okay, I just need to hunker down. Uh, I know Jesus, and when I die, I'm going to heaven, so now I'm just going to right, right, sit, sit still and wait it out. So That's, some, like some Christians would say, you just, you just have to surrender your life to Jesus, and then you're assured of salvation. Right. Catholics might say, just avoid mortal sin. If you avoid mortal sin... You're going to heaven. Yeah, or go to confession often or whatever. Right. That kind of thing. But it's actually something we need to build now. And it's we don't even need to build it now necessarily for our own salvation. I'm not really talking about salvation here. But almost like to have the fullness of life, we need to live in the kingdom of heaven now. Mm -hmm. That's where we belong. Um, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And so, you know, we can belong to that kingdom now, even here on earth. Right. And um, it's worth, as Charles alluded to earlier, it's worth giving everything for, losing everything for even. Um, we should seek it. When we find it, we should seek it out with all our heart and with everything that we have. That was my word related to the, what you're saying is the word all. No. 
the word all comes up both times. Yep. The person who finds the treasure and the merchant, they sell all that they have. And I was thinking about who could possibly tell you that you have to sell everything, like all that you have in order to receive something that's actually worth it or more than worth it. Like who has the authority to say to me or to say to you or say to anybody, uh, okay, yep, I got something here. It's called the kingdom of heaven. You sell all and then and only then do you get the kingdom. Um, so I think, I think a lot of this, the meaning of these, of these, uh, of the, these words, all that occur in this parable depends of course on like, Jesus and the picture you put at the back behind us there is, uh, you know, the hands of Jesus ostensibly, like a, someone, someone's artist's rendition holding a pearl. It's like, yeah, that's also like, it's also a way of scamming people. Say, yeah, give me everything you have, and I will give you, let's just say, happiness, right? But because it's Jesus who's speaking, it's actually the best possible deal ever is to give up everything for the sake of His kingdom. But I think if you don't know Him and you don't know who He is. This is a crazy offer. Anyway, that's my that's my two cents. Mm -hmm. um, and my second phrase was out of joy. Mm. And right, uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that yeah, one. Yeah. The reason I like that uh, is because there are two things that motivate every almost every living creature. Mm -hmm. um, we're either sort of repelled by something, mm -hmm. or we're attracted to something. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are like the two movers in the living world. Sure. Right, like even like an amoeba when you're learning it in science, you know, um, if you put like a pointy object toward an amoeba and close to it, it will like retract. Mm -hmm. It can sense it and it moves away. Mm -hmm. It's repelled by the sharp object. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, we, we're also driven by attraction, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like think of like sexual attraction or like when we love someone. Or greed. Oh, like greed or greed, or greed. Yeah, but like I was thinking of good attractions. Well, when you're okay. attracted to someone in a good way, you want to be with them. You want to join well, together with them. a delicious meal. Sorry, or a delicious meal. Yeah, right. It's it's attract. You walk into a room and you smell something delicious. Yeah, mm, that reminds you how hungry you are. There's that hunger is actually good because sure. you'd starve without it, right? Mm -hmm. It it's a, a natural. It's a gift from God that allows us to recognize we need something. We're attracted to it. Right. So I was just thinking about how powerful attraction is, mm -hmm. um, even even as opposed to something like fear. Right. Yeah. Like what Jesus is saying here is the kingdom of heaven is actually something attractive. Right. And not something that we should do out of fear or, yep. or because we're running away from something. Mm -hmm. Right. That's another way of looking at it. We're, yes. we're, we're either running towards something or we're running away from something else. Right. Sure. Um, and he wants us to know that this is actually when we find the kingdom of heaven, it will be joyful. Right. It's a place of joy. Mm -hmm. Even though that person went and sold all that they had to buy the field. Yeah. Um, it was a joyful exchange for them to mm. lose everything and receive what was in the field. Right, right. That's just my, my thought. I like the word joy. I talk about joy a lot. I'm a joyful person. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I think you have a gift of joy. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, mm. I'm not always joyful, but no, I, I... I'm not I, either. I, I would say I, I... You have a gift of joy, though. Oh, well, okay, but I always have, like, I, I do have down days for sure. Oh, you yeah. get to see a lot of, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, sure. I would say I have, like, a, a pretty consistent joy that I don't always show or don't always feel, but it's there. This is interesting know. and extremely important. I think it reminds me of C.S. Lewis. Um, did he write a book called Surprised by Joy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
he, I remember this book now. It was the things that led him uh, to Jesus and to the church, which he had no interest in when he was younger. It had a very strict, I guess, Christian background, but it didn't take it all. It became very, you know, he was an academic and a literary critic, and he knew all these ancient, like, Norse legends and stuff like that. Uh, but he talked about, I think he said three different times that he experienced this incredible, almost painful joy that he could not account for. And looking back after becoming a Christian, he could say each one of those things led him to Jesus and to the kingdom. One for him, for him because he loved these ancient Norse stories, uh, stories of the Vikings and their, you know, their legends, their heroes and so forth, was just reading those stories, there was an incredible sense of joy that was almost poignant and painful. It was so deep for him that it's like, where did that come from? And I can't remember the other two examples in his life, but, but I do think that for everybody, um, there are moments of incredible joy that, that are pointing us to the kingdom and that there is no greater joy than the joy of the kingdom. I think that's a really big deal and it's a sign. It can't be manufactured or produced. It's a fruit is maybe even a better word. A fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. The second one mentioned in the list in Galatians uh, chapter 5, love, joy, peace. Mm-hmm. But joy in particular is attractive because it's more visible. Love is love can be hidden. Peace is in, you know more or less internally. It's but 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 um, you got that flower again. I remember that from a little while ago. Still have it yep. here. Still here. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think flies. the word is attractive. I like that. Your what you when you were talking about you were saying attractive, and I think it joy is also something that other animals can have, but people in particular we have this we have this capacity for joy. A joyful person is visibly joyful and attractive in a way that I think I think specifically uh, the a way that other creatures can't be joyful. I mean, in a way like a healthy plant is joyful, kind of metaphoric metaphorically. And animals can be like happy, but the joy the joy of a person alive in, with alive with the power of Jesus's spirit is incredibly attractive. Yeah, to to be happy is one of the most core human desires Mm -hmm. right like the desire to be happy or joyful Mm -hmm. actually drives almost all of our decisions right like if if you really think about it why do you do almost anything yeah it's because it'll make you happy or you think it will Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) often we're, we're sometimes mistaken right like a like like someone who takes illegal drugs for instance sure or even legal um, drugs. Or even legal drugs to, to try and be happy. Yeah. You know, they find that it doesn't actually. It does, for, it does briefly, but not. Yeah. It's not lasting. It's not what they were looking for in the end. Um, but, you know, like I just I was just thinking about like youth mm-hmm. are like good examples of that. You know, young people are notorious for making silly dis- decisions that adults find silly or. Right. You know, <clears throat> that probably if we we would know better now like yeah. adults or we should anyway. Um, but why do they make, why do they make silly decisions like that? Or like, it's because they, they think that will make them happy. They, they're looking for that joy, you know, happiness. In, in, to speak up for youth, you, I hope you'll agree with this, is the one thing youth are is they haven't yet made up their minds about how they're going to fit into the world. They're on mm-hmm. their way. They're much more open to extreme invitations to, great, to greatness as well. Yeah. Whereas it's hard for someone once they're settled in life, if you're settled in life, like you have to change a lot of things to give everything up for Jesus. But when you're young and you haven't made those commitments, 
it is actually a really important time in life to like say, okay, what's going to bring me the greatest joy? And and people, young people are willing to do crazy things, at least at that stage. I think one of the things about people who are saints in the Catholic community, we call them people saints, is uh, they keep on being open to new things that the Holy Spirit is leading them to and be willing to say, okay, the kingdom, you can't pin it down, but this is what God wants from me. This is what God has offered me now. So that if my, if my, the joy of my heart draws me there, I'm going to go there no matter what. And that's what I think in a way a Christian is a bit like um, a youth in the sense that there's like, we're not, we're not, we're not going to settle like at our best. We're not going to settle for the things that everybody says we should settle for. So like Christians are more likely to do crazy things. The term that Paul writes calls us as fools. Um, we will seem foolish because we will give up everything for the kingdom, which to me is like, what would you do if you knew that one of your neighbors was really in trouble? And I know people have done crazy things. I remember talking a while ago to our friends, Robin Barbu, but I thought this was kind of crazy. They drove a woman who was hitchhiking from Durham to Kitchener for a custody um, hearing at, at, a, at court in Kitchener. The woman didn't have a vehicle. She would never have gotten there. But that's a long drive. It's basically like they gave up most of the day so that she could have a chance, who knows what actually happened, to have be part of her kids' lives. generous. Yeah. That's the, I was thinking, they, but when they talked about it, it was like full of joy when they talked about it. Anyway, that's like a, a, a little example of what I meant. I don't know. You know any crazy people? Yes. Crazy good or crazy bad? Both. Okay. I know crazy good people and crazy bad people. What makes someone crazy good? That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, like I think that it was a good example of our friends Robin Barb. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and a lot of people like that. I think my my own parents were like that. Probably still are. And still are. Um, kind of like a radical, very radical hospitality or mm -hmm. generosity. Uh, yeah. And you're right. It's a feature of Christianity to be a radical. Because you're following joy. I'm getting up yeah. your point. Yeah, about yeah, it's yeah. like you're following the joy because that's where the Spirit's leading us. And also because they have like a detachment right. from the things, right? Like, like these people did in the story. All the things they have. Yeah. They, when, they found mm -hmm. the, when they found the joy, yeah. uh, the rest of their stuff didn't matter to them anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, now, you can, take that, you can take that too far. You can be silly about it in a bad silly way. Silly about it and like give yeah. away all your wife's stuff. You know, I, that wouldn't be good. No, because it's not yours for one thing, <laughs> but yeah. Also, you need things to live. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I can't just go and empty my bank account all the time and but I think my family you, to starve. But you could, you can ask the question, how is my life and how are my things and how is my time giving glory to God? Yeah. You could, that's, that's a real question we could all ask if you want to follow what Jesus is talking about here. That's right. Yeah. And then, well, if things need to change, then they have to change so that everything is giving glory to God, which does not mean your family should suffer, right? Is it building the kingdom or not? Yeah. Or is it, uh, does it reflect the kingdom of God or not? Yeah, like when our kids were young, we made some decisions. And one I talk about a lot, actually, is uh, which can sound crazy to people, is we both decided that we were not going to be busy. And I find a lot of people still react when I say that. Like, I'm just not going to be a busy Including person. me as a busy person. You're a busy person? Don't you think? You are not busy in the way that I would say, because what I what I mean is like I don't want to be too busy for people. Because if I'm if I was a busy person, which I I can be, and sometimes I am, by the way. But as a resolution, as a way of life, we try not to be busy. We're committed to that, because it, all it really means is that we have time for people. You have time for people, including yourself, by the way. That's actually really important too. But yeah, 
just as an example of something that we have I don't tried know, I to I feel busy all the time. Okay, I'm not Sometimes saying you're not. Sometimes I feel like I have too many things on the go. Well, I feel that way too. But I still have time for people. Like two full-time jobs. Farming? Yeah. And and church? <laughs> yeah. I get it. But don't you, like, do you meet, you're the kind of person who would put things down for someone. I've known you for long enough to say that. So your, your busyness is not getting in the way of of the kingdom. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm not saying it's never getting in the way, but you're, you're able to, I don't know. Am I making sense? Yeah. Well, I made a decision long ago that I was going to, serve God no matter what and it didn't get me rich let's put it that way what about joy it brought me a lot of joy it still does yep when I when I think back to unify and alpha this past year and mm. and the chosen and just everything that we were doing at the youth group and I, I yeah I was saying that to a friend not long ago that uh you know I just those there's lots of things that happen that remind me that like this is where the kingdom is mm-hmm. right and I, I think you know what I really I really feel this joy. Yeah, yeah. The, the joy of that that person that that yeah, went yeah. and sold everything. I re, I really felt that when I committed to Christ, and I really feel that when I'm with the group like at Unify. Mm-hmm. It's like this is what keeps me doing what I'm doing. This right here, right? These people that I love and that I care about. This is the kingdom of God, and this is worth everything. And and so the, that's the front end. I would I'm I'm right there with you, and I think there's a back end of it, which I think is you also share. Which goes back to our favorite book in the Bible, John. Yep. Which is, I remember having this conversation with my wife back in June, uh, which was like, from the time we were young, it was just a gift we both feel we, we were given. We didn't earn it. We didn't make it up. I don't know where it came from. God uh, really is like, we both really like Jesus a lot. And we have <laughs> not, as early as we can remember. I don't know if that sounds crazy, because I think it kind of is. It's like, he's really great. Like, I just love knowing Jesus because he's absolutely amazing. Does this make any sense to you? Yeah. You're saying it like, what? What does that mean when you say Obviously. That? It's I not obvious. It no, no, it's not obvious to people. Like, if you don't know him, you might not know how great he is. You can get to know him through the Bible and hopefully through some of us, getting to know some of us who do know him. Alas, poor fly. I knew him well, Horatio. Um, I do think that's a... From. Sorry? Plenty more where that came from. Yeah. Fake Shakespeare quotes? No. Flies. Oh, flies. Yeah. Hey, um... My invisible fly swatter. Okay, Sam. It just looks like a white because I am not white, so I, I do think that's funny. That's why I said it like that. Okay, listen. People don't necessarily know that because a lot of people who are faithful Catholics, faithful Christians, people, of course, are not. I don't not. get it. You didn't really say anything. What? Well, my wife and I decided a long time ago. No, did not decide. We think we Jesus is pretty great. Yeah, is that is that obvious to you? It's obvious to me because I know you and Mary. I just don't know what you're trying to say. Oh, like that's the source of joy in my life. Oh, like, okay. Like that's where a lot of my joy comes from. It's like I know this guy Jesus, and he's amazing. He's great. Got another one. Um, I don't think that's obvious. Okay, and okay, and that's the source of joy. Okay, you didn't get to that point. Okay, sorry. I was just like, okay. I, I was going with that. The, like common. I said, the back end of joy. The front end is like. Front end is the people in the kingdom out here. Right, right, right. The back end is is Jesus. Yeah, he's the foundation and the the backbone of joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just think that's a big deal because not everyone knows him. Even people who are his followers and faithful to him don't have. That's that's the thing about the Gospel of John. If you want to get to know Jesus, getting to know him with John is is really great because because he knows Jesus really well. He was his best friend when he was on Earth. 
I don't know. You know, there's a couple of things that I like about this. These two parables, if if we can maybe, I don't know if we want to conclude. Yeah, this. sure, sure. But um, both of them have like another like another story behind them. Hmm. So the treasure, for instance, treasures don't just naturally appear in fields. Mm-hmm. They're buried there by somebody. Right. And so when I read this story, I think of the person that buried the treasure. Mm. Right. Um, and how it relates to the kingdom of God. Right. I was thinking about my own faith. I mean, you probably think of your own too, and the faith of those around us. Um, all of us have borrowed faith or like faith that was planted or buried by somebody else. Sure. And uh, like I think of I my, love that analogy. My, yeah, my ancestors. Yeah. Um, even like re- more recently, like my my grandparents. Yeah. My aunts. Mm-hmm. I think uh, your aunts. Yeah. My aunt. One of my aunts was the first one to sort of have a, a conversion to Christ. Mm-hmm. Even though they were Catholic, they were very unjoyful Catholics. They were. Mm-hmm. They would tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. There were very. There was no joy. It was very very dismal mm-hmm. and lifeless and. She brought Jesus into the family, and it really changed my family's life, my grandparents mm-hmm. in particular, on mm-hmm. the Zettel side. Um, so I just, I really like that, that the treasure that you find is actually something someone else put there, not knowing you would find it. Right. Right. And that's like when we invest in someone else, it's like, even if it's just like small, right? Like a little bit of, yeah, like a, like a bit of contact or like not, yes. you know, there's always, there's the freight planting seeds, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you actually are investing in the future that you you may never see, but right. So so what part of the joy is seeing the growth and re- recognizing that Jesus says God gives the growth. I'll give you an example. This goes back to again to June. I remember I was at mass on Sunday, talking to a woman I'd never met before, um, and she said she was there. She was there with her husband. who was a regular church goer, but she had started coming because she was a patient of somebody we know who was just baptized and received in the church. And this woman had been a lifelong Catholic, but had not gone to mass for years and had come back. And she was really excited to come back as, as, and to be part of the, the Christian community again, because somebody whom we had helped on their faith journey to becoming members of the church just this year had talked to her about, actually literally said Sam and Charles and stuff she was learning from, from us and the sessions we had with her on her journey, Emily. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Emily was planting seeds that bore fruit in someone else's lives and we were we were putting some of our time and energy into helping emily on her journey right, right. and those that chain goes way way back oh, yeah. to like in my you know, life even it's in amazing my, like like I, I mean like in emily's right right because i've been here long enough to have seen a few buried treasures right before emily right who was you know like instrumental in that other person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right but it's like yeah. a few steps back. Yep. Um, and I'm not saying I was the one that put the treasure there. I'm just saying I can see, you know, there's like a longer You've been around for a while. A longer chain there. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really beautiful thing that um and it that's that's one of the sort of the the neat things about the church is that um nothing is really wasted. It's all kind of everything's important. And you know? and the fruit of the <laughs> and God can use tiny little things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To bring about huge changes in someone's life in the future, yeah. right? But sometimes you get you get the I think the excitement of seeing like the beginnings of growth or the fruit w- come out of someone, including myself. Actually, I like I have no idea I'd be living the life I'm living, and some of the choices I made when I was younger, which we both did, not to pursue sort of professional professional careers. And God bless those who do, because we need good faithful people in those in those uh, professions. But we didn't, and like. 
all the things that I gave up are like nothing compared to the things that I've been given because of choices I've made to serve God in a different way, you know, not the, the path, not the path that I was initially on, which we both talked about. So what happens when you give everything up? Because you, you gave up a way of life and I, I guess I did too. So what do you get? It's good to see that there are like actual fruits that are come out of people's lives when, when we choose the kingdom, because that's where the joy is. The other thing I want to say was about a pearl. Mm-hmm. Pearls take a really long time right. to form right. in an oyster. And a pearl of great price is a, is a pearl that's been a long time mm-hmm. being made. Yeah, yeah. Many, many layers, mm-hmm. right? It's basically like oyster saliva. Sure. Right? Oyster gets, glue. Oyster glue that gets like balled up. Right. And um, over time, it gets layer after layer after layer after layer, and it grows and grows and grows and grows. If you open that oyster, you know, too soon, it's a worthless little piece of junk. Right. Uh, I was just thinking, it just reminds me that uh, the kingdom of God is also like, God is also patient. Mm-hmm. Very, very patient. And it's good to, when you're on mission. And that the time has to be right. I guess that's what I was trying right, to say. Right, right, right. The time has to be right for you to find the pearl. Yeah. You can't find the pearl too soon. It has to be the right time for it to be a pearl of great price as opposed to a cheap, crappy pearl. There you go. I hate those cheap pearls. Um, but also, <laughs> well, you the have, cheap ones are made of plastic. But you also have to be, which you can, you can manufacture. Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I don't want to hurt you. Well, whatever. <laughs> I don't care that much. They seem to like you. Do you stink? Well, it's either honey or... <laughs> um, Are you sticky? What I was going to say is, that was too light. You're going to hit, hit. Come on. <laughs> don't mess around. What's the point? Uh, but the other thing is, I was going to say, mm. there also has to be an expectation in someone waiting for the right time. So it's, 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 it's very delicate, I suppose. Um, like when do you harvest you know i'm not a farmer like when do you harvest when is it ripe enough right you know when things are ripe you can see it but you can wait a little extra day or you can go too early you know uh so i was thinking it's being pushy and trying to rush things is bad but also being expectant and expectantly waiting and trusting that god the holy spirit is going to do something in someone's life including your own is um is also important that because then you're ready when when the fruit is when the fruit emerges then you can say okay now we're ready and i think one of the things I love about being connected here at Holy Family is because our mission efforts here are becoming more and more such that people can take their time getting to know Jesus, getting yeah, to know we... us, growing, getting to know themselves, getting to know us as a community, you know, and, and we don't have to rush people. It's like you're, you're, you're just learning and then you're going to Mass, which are both great things, learning about the faith, going to Mass, but like what about the journey of belonging, which we've talked about, right, which is yep. what people really need. Yep. Yeah, we provide people on ramps mm-hmm. into the Catholic faith. Yep. Instead we, of just like launching them in there. Right. Provide a way for them gradually to get up to speed at yeah. their own at their own pace and at God's pace. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that, that it takes time for you know the kingdom of heaven to reach people. Yeah. Yeah. Great, Sam. How about we uh, finish for this? And I, li- I like that about our parish too. I think yeah. that's uh, something we've really learned a lot about. And Taking time with people. And, and, and giving them opportunities to, to build community and grow closer together, right. to get to know each other, to get to know God in a more informal way, mm-hmm. I would say. Yep. A less formal way, let's say. Yeah, I like it. All right, how about we pray? Let's pray. With your invisible... My invisible... Flies water. Flies water. Okay. <laughs> in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father in heaven, you are the source of all goodness. Even the seeds of goodness come from you. 
um, the seeds of, of the kingdom you've planted all over recklessly. Um, and, and you give us the joy of discovering the goodness within ourselves that you have planted, the goodness all around us. And we, we do all this because we have Jesus who shows us the way, who is the presence of the kingdom among us, and who allows us to know ourselves, know others, know this whole world in a completely new and different way that brings us so much joy. I pray that Sam and myself, all those watching and listening, and all those in our lives will know the joy of the kingdom, the joy of being able to say, I'm willing to give everything up for this wonderful pearl, this great treasure. In Jesus' name, amen. Got him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Or did you? I did. Oh, good. He's right there. A lot of dead flies. All, All right, Sam. Uh, thank you for joining us on Thursday Night Appetizer, everyone. Um, welcome to Sunday, July 30th. We will see you soon. Hey, happy civic holiday. No, no. that's next weekend. August? Oh. I think it... I don't know. It's because Always July 31st is actually a Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it'll be the weekend after. So it'll be the next weekend. But Okay. Um, yeah, we're getting there. Summer's going by too fast. See you, everybody. Bye. I've lost remote control.